All right. We are about to get this shit going here. Um, yeah. How are you yeah. doing? I think I'm good. I'm fucking tired. Well, I mean, we've had a lot going on. We haven't been going to bed at any time that we were supposed to. No, we have not. So, um, <laughs> it's been a long, what, three days since we've been here? Four days? Four days. We've been here four days now. Since Tuesday. Yes. July 4th. The 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> Whew. Well, now, granted, now, the 4th wasn't too much going on because it was mainly just, like, the early birds that got here. Well, yeah. But, yeah, we uh, we still had some activity and lots of walking. Lots of fucking walking, which we're going to get into that. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're not going to say a whole lot about Naughty. No. That's going to be when we get back from Naughty, then we'll talk about Naughty. Mm-hmm. This is going to be kind of a normalish show. Yes. So, because we still have two, two and a half more days to experience Naughty. Mm-hmm. So we want to give you the full rundown once it's all over. Yes. And we will have some bonus episodes to go into more detail on each day, the stuff that we did and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because, I mean, we won't have enough time to be able to oh, do that. Oh, hell no. <laughs> no. It'd be a three-hour fucking show. <laughs> People would be like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, they already are like, what the hell? This is true. So <laughs> let's get into this. All right. Are you ready to start episode 50? Episode 50 and Naughty in New Orleans. For the 25th anniversary of Naughty in New Orleans. Yes. Okay, let's fucking do this. All right. It's a pineapple party. Oh, and we got polyamory too. What's that? You want a kink fest? A little BDSM? Well, buckle up, Buttercups, because we got that too. It's the Kitchen Sink ENM and Kink Podcast. And welcome back, everybody, to episode number 50 of the Kitchen Sink ENM and Kink Podcast. I am your host, Pedro, along with my beautiful co host, wife, slave, pain in the ass, <laughs> and absolute gorgeous fucking woman here, Miss Tink. Hi, everybody. How was that for an intro for you? That was really, that was, you know what? I think you just nailed it. Because you got in like everything that encompassed me to how I am with you. And it was perfect. Well, good. I'm glad, you know, that I've got the groundwork laid. You did a great job. So that the people that we've met this week will know exactly who I'm talking about. I think you've nailed it. They will know exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So like we said in the before the intro little uh, mantra that we do. Mm-hmm. We are recording from Naughty and Nolens. Yes. 2023. Uh, we got here July 4th and it is now Friday afternoon and we got a bunch of shit still to do. So we're not going to talk about Naughty. No. So not on this episode. You're going to have to tune into episode 51. Yes. For all of that. So. Let's go ahead and get into what we're going to talk about today. Um, What do you have for us for our swinging topic? So being here at an event where everybody from all over the country are coming together to one local location, I wanted to talk about the fact of people needing to stay true to themselves and being authentic as they possibly can. Because I feel like A lot of times when you come to events this big, people tend to not fully 
stay who they are because, you know, they're trying to impress all of these people because it's such a large crowd. I completely agree with that. And we've seen it firsthand here. Um, and at a bunch of other large parties that we've been to Mm -hmm. now there's different areas of this. I feel okay. There's your average swinger. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who may put on a different persona. You know, they may be a little more outgoing. They may, you know, be a little more, uh, forward. Okay. Than they normally would be, you know, say at like their home club or Mm -hmm. their local hotel takeovers and stuff like that. But when they get to a national event like this, it's kind of like they have to pull out all the stops because they're here. And the time is limited. Yeah. I mean, now, now granted, there is a lot more time here than there is at other parties. Oh, yes, definitely. But, you know, you're in a, a big popular city. Very big, very busy city. Yes. You're here with, you know, 2,000 other people just like you Mm -hmm. and you're trying to show up and show out. Yeah. You know, and I definitely get that vibe from some people here, Mm -hmm. you know, and like you can look at them and be like, is that really how you are? Right. (laughs) Right. You're just kind of like, is this how you would be at home or with like other play partners that maybe you've played with before? Or is this just how you are because of the event? Right. So I don't, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with changing, you know, how you go about the things at these large events. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you still need to be you. Yeah. hundred percent. Because what happens if you hook up with a couple or a single here at a large event like this, you know, and they see you in one light and then you get together with them down the road And you're not that person anymore. That is a really good point to bring up because, you know, they had this expectation from that first get together with you. So if you are not being authentic to who you are and how you want to be seen because you're just being you and you put on this different persona, they're going off of that persona instead. And that's what attracted them to you. And maybe that's what made them have a really good time where the next time outside of an environment like this if you don't act that way and you act more like yourself, it may not be what they're looking for. And either play's not going to happen, period, or they're going to be like, who the hell is this? Because like you said, it's going to be awkward. Yeah. So like, while I understand the, the reasoning behind, you know, perhaps changing things up when you're at a large event like this, Mm -hmm. I feel like, Long term, you're better off just being who you are. Yeah. You know, and if you don't play or you don't meet couples or singles that you're looking to meet, just enjoy the experience. Yeah. You know, instead of changing who you are to make those things happen. Yes. Because ultimately, you ever run into those people again and you're not that person that they met, they're going to be like, what's up with them? You know? Right. Because then you're going to be thinking too, like, okay, say, you did get to play in, in a place like Naughty and Orleans. And that first time that you played was great. Everything went really smooth. You had an amazing time. So then the next time that you go and meet up with this person and things feel off, you may be thinking, and this I know I would do, 
if things don't, don't feel right, I would be like, oh crap, did I think that that first time was really good, but maybe for them it wasn't. Right. And then, you know, you have in your head that, you know, maybe you did something that offended them or, you know, they really weren't as sold on having fun like you thought they were. And then you're going to be like second guessing how you went about it yourself. Absolutely. So in a way, like how you act can affect how someone feels that they went about it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that the general population of swingers, you know, they can get away with changing things up a little bit more compared to say content creators like us mm. podcasters, you know, the only fans, people, anyone who does any type of content creation in this space, you really can't change up who you are. No, because you know, when you have a fan base, they, they go off of what they're picking up as your persona, whether, you know, they're listening to you, they're watching your content, they're following you on Instagram. So whatever that persona is, that's what they expect. 100% that's what they expect. And I mean, I know for us, like we've already been told this week, oh, you guys are just like you are on the show. Yeah. Well, yeah, because when we're on the show, we're doing this because we love the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, we do it because we enjoy doing it. Yes. This isn't technically a business for us. No, and we've said many times, we don't make anything off of it, and we're not really planning on that either. No. I mean, of course, would it be nice to have, like, all this kind of be taken care of a little bit as far as, like, running the podcast? Sure. Oh, absolutely. But main, our main thing is, you know, we want to create friends with these people that are our fan base. We also want people to come up to us that have questions and, you know they may be new to the lifestyle or we've actually had a few people that have talked to us about our BDSM lifestyle right. because they either had no idea whatsoever about it or they themselves just started and we're still trying to like figure out the ropes of it and where they see themselves fitting. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things about doing this show is connecting with, you know, the people that are just starting out mm -hmm. in whatever lifestyle they're talking about, you know, yeah. whether it's swing, open relationships, polyamory, kink, BDSM. I love connecting with those people because they are so passionate about wanting to learn. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you can feel that though when you talk to them because they themselves are being genuine. They are actually being who they are right in front of you. They're not hiding behind the facade of what they think they should be. This is them coming to us going, hey, I heard this on the podcast. This is kind of where I'm feeling. Do you have any tips? Do you have, you know, any information basically of us, some guidance? Right. And, you know, when you're in this space as a content creator, our voices are heard every week. Mm -hmm. And the people who listen to us, when they meet us, if we're nothing like we are on the show, like if I'm not a smart ass <laughs> and if you're not all like bubbly and can't figure out how, how to, to yeah, how to get words <laughs> out of your mouth, they're going to be like, Oh, they're so fucking fake. Hey, so far I'm doing so far. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You just did it now. I know because I thought about it. <laughs> so there you go. Perfect example. I still can't talk and here you go. Here's Tinkinies right on the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you've done it all week to people. I have, you know, and 
what they hear on the show is exactly the way you talk <laughs> in person. <laughs> it really is. And I am again going to apologize for that. I can't fix myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like the couple that we met, um, that's interested in the BDSM, mm-hmm. you know, and like, here's for us, not only can we not be different, like personality wise and content wise at these events, we have to stick to like how we play too, yeah. you know, like they haven't heard our show before, mm-hmm. but talking to them, you know, like I kind of got this vibe, like they're a, we only play together type of couple. Okay. And that's not generally how we play. Correct. So would it be great to change things up and be like, eh, we'll do it this one time because they're an attractive couple. Right. But that's not how we play. Mm -mm. And just because we're at an event like this doesn't mean we're going to just throw, you know, our dynamic to the side and be like, okay, this one time. Right. And and we're not really like that either because, you know, we also take time to build up some form of a connection with these people that right. we are meeting. And if we, you know, keep meeting them over and over again or and be able to sit down and like get to talk with them, then things can potentially develop. Right. Where like for me, I feel like I have a decent connection with the wife because her and I have talked, you know, like when we're all together, mm-hmm. her and I tend to do a lot of the talking. Yeah. <laughs> so like I feel like I have a good connection with her. And like, if she were able to play solo, Mm -hmm. I would totally take her up on that. Yeah. But I know for you and the husband, you haven't really had that that chance to talk. We haven't really clicked. It's kind of just been like mutual conversation. And that's not really enough for me to be like, okay, I'd like to play. Right. Like I need a little, I need a little bit more of sustenance. (laughs) And and this is why we decided to play separate, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm very good at judging who I feel I connect with mm-hmm. where you take longer yeah. to establish that. And and it's even harder too when it comes to events like this because we do see a lot of people that aren't being themselves. So I even struggle harder to read them because right. they come off really, really strong mm-hmm. and that will turn me away. So it's, right. a, it's a lot more of a struggle for me when we come to these events than it is for you. Which, just to set things straight, in case they listen to this, um, the gentleman was not coming on too strong. Oh, no, 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 no. not at all. Uh, he, he, was, he was a very, he was a, a very handsome man, very gentleman-like to me. Um, I enjoyed uh, my conversation with him. Yeah, so it's not that he was too pushy or anything, but, you know, you do take longer to build those connections I with do. men. I really do. Now, or, like with females, I hit it off like that. Right. Like, I think you and her could just be like, we're going to go play. Oh, yeah. I could totally see that. And she would, you know, you would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> done with that. Yeah. But for her husband, you need, you know, more time and yeah. more conversation and like all I'd that stuff. Like, I'd have to spend like an afternoon together kind of thing. Yeah. And then, I mean, that, that, that doesn't mean it has to be, you know, a six hour ordeal. Right. But it would give me that little bit more time to do that, that ice breaking kind of thing, kind of feel more comfortable. And then I'd be like, okay, I can see this connection forming here. This can go in the right direction that I need it to. Right. And 
I mean, like we've kind of had this scenario with fellow content creators that we met in person here for the first time. Mm -hmm. And now I had no doubts that they would be the same in person as they are on their show. Okay. Like I knew that was going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're very good at reading things and kind of, you know, in a way looking into the future. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but like we've had digital communication with them Mm -hmm. for months now. Oh yeah. You know, like behind the scenes. Yeah. Texting their telegram, telegram group, et cetera. So like we knew coming into this that they were probably going to be exactly who we thought they were. Yeah. And it was exactly that. And it was, it was awesome because we were here by ourselves and we weren't really coming across anybody that we knew yet. Yeah. So we were kind of like waiting and waiting, like soon we hope we'll have friends here that we can hang out with. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to say on this episode who we've been hanging out with. Um, I need to get their permission for the next episode, Mm -hmm. but um, it's been great. Like, Oh yeah. The, 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 the chemistry four, has been very nice. The four of us being our true selves yep. has led to an even stronger friendship it, it, than we had coming into this event. Yes, 100%. I absolutely love that um, because when we look at the lifestyle, it's not just, you know, find another hot person and fuck them. Right. It's always been for us building that connection, having more than just a fuck buddy, we are looking for somebody who we get along with no matter what. Right. So I feel like that is really kind of hit the spot for us. I don't know if somebody was knocking on our door or somebody else's door. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to find somebody. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's what happens when you're at a hotel takeover, basically. Uh, somebody oh, is. It might Hang be on ours. one second. <laughs> I will take one of those waters. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, I am back. That was housekeeping. <laughs> they did not want to fluff my pillows or jerk me off, just so you know. No, they're doing. They're going to do the bare minimum right now because they know what's here. <laughs> yeah, we got some towels and some water. Um, Which was perfect because I needed a glass of water. <laughs> so I got a bottle and we're good. All right, so what were we talking about here? We were talking about the connections that we have yes. made when... You know, we we kind of assumed we were going to right, have a, with, a good connection. And okay, so we like people that become our close friends. Yes. And if play happens, awesome. And we if, don't go into it no. wanting play and then hoping to get friendships. No, we look for friendships first, like every single time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now, this couple is very attractive. Oh, yes. I mean, I know... You and I both think the female half is very attractive. Yes, I I admitted this morning I have a girl crush. Yes, (laughs) I I do as well. Um, But the gentleman who is not your normal physical type. Correct. I feel like you have a very good connection with him. I do. And, you know, that something could happen whether it's here or down the road. Yeah, I, I agree that there is that potential for something to occur uh, at any time or anywhere down the road. Yeah, and but that's because we have all been true to ourselves. Yes. You know? They have been true to themselves as well. Exactly what, how we thought is what we got in person. 
Exactly. And I feel like they feel the same way. I think so too. Like they knew you were going to be very similar to the other female half. Yes. (laughs) And I'm very similar to the male half. You are. You know, so the way we've communicated digitally Mm -hmm. has pretty much been how we've communicated in person. Yes. I, I think the only surprise maybe for them was how goofy I can be. Yes. Oh my gosh. You can be so goofy. Oh goodness. Like I have, you, <laughs> you know, you, people don't really get that from the podcast. I've had no. goofy you are because you're very serious. You're to the point. You're the asshole opinionated and you're going to just let everybody know how you feel, but they don't get to see that silly goofy side. No, because I save that for people that, you know, I let into my little world. Yes. Yes, this is that is exactly what you do. You know, because if I were to be that way in my everyday life with everybody, I, I don't feel like anybody's going to take me seriously when I want to be taken seriously. Yeah, I don't think so. So, I mean. So I would rather be taken seriously and have this like goofy, you know, lighthearted side mm-hmm. that certain people get to see. Right. Because I feel like that's a big part of my personality and especially in this lifestyle, that part of my personality is usually what gets me in the door to play. Yes. Yes. Because, you know, a woman can kind of relax around you and be able to be herself as well because you're encouraging that because you are being goofy or silly and letting loose. And right. that's letting them be like, okay, this guy's not just like trying to get in my pants. Like, yeah. Obviously, like we know the goal in a, in a swinger event is to make that connection and potentially get to play. But right. it's not that direction, like direct way. No. And I mean, with me being a dominant, you know, I could just stay super serious and, mm-hmm. you know, be like that Uber Dom, blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. But, but <laughs> I feel like. The women who want that. I think they'll say that. They know that I can very much be that way. Mm-hmm. Even though I am this fucking goofball that will make them laugh until they pee themselves. <laughs> what better way? You know, but it it's that getting to know me that allows them to know, okay, like if I want him to beat my fucking ass mm-hmm. and you know, make me a little slut, he can do that. Mm -hmm. But if I want to joke around and just, you know, cuddle up to him and, you know, be a soft, vulnerable person, I can do that too. Right. Where some of the people in this lifestyle, they're one way. Like they're very one dimensional. Mm -hmm. They're after the dick or they're after the vagina and that is their only motive. Yeah. Where my motive is I want to create a group of close friends mm-hmm. that I would do anything for and they would do anything for me and that we could potentially play at some point. Yep. That is my goal in this lifestyle. And by being true to ourselves, the people that we encounter being true to themselves that creates that scenario Mm -hmm. to be plausible. Yeah. So 
Now, on the downside of this. <laughs> the downside. There's always a downside. <clears throat> you have other content creators that, you know, on social media and podcasts and everything else will be this like happy go lucky, you know, super energetic, like, you know, pick me type people. Mm -hmm. But then when you see them at events, they are like the mean girl squad. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm not super a, not approachable. No, not at all. I mean, like I legit, I, I do not f like feeling like I'm walking back in high school because I was not a popular girl. Totally was not. And I was, but I, it's okay. <laughs> I'm so glad that you were. <laughs> so I'm on the other end and I, I know what they did because I actually was in the popular group until I watched each other stab each other in the back. Oh, yeah. And when I started seeing that, I was out. And I know exactly what that looks like. Oh, since and I witnessed it from a young age. And we are seeing it here. Right. And I'm like, whoa, this is not the time. This is not the place for that. And we are way too old for that shit. Yeah. And the sad part is, like, some of the people that, you know, we see this happening to, like, you can tell that they're probably very sweet people. Oh, yeah. You know, but they're just being used. That's the worst is seeing people being used when one, that's not even acceptable. No. Two, it should not even take place in the lifestyle for any reason. Everybody is here for the same thing and should be here for right. the same thing. But exactly. They are not here for the same thing. Right. And the other thing, and I mentioned it on the last episode, is supporting each other regardless if it's another female, if it's a male, we are not tearing each other down. And we are definitely not the type to sit there and use people. No, I mean. And I wouldn't want that in my circle. Absolutely That can not. leave. And unfortunately though, with the way this lifestyle is being commercialized. Terribly commercialized. It's kind of like a rat race to the top. Yeah, that's kind of you know, what it seems like. Like whoever has the most followers or whoever has the most downloads for a podcast and this and that, you know, like when you have that mentality, you take the personalization out. You do. Of the lifestyle because now it's just a business. Right. And for me, I could give a shit less about money or being, you know, famous or social media famous or swing famous. I don't give a fuck. I mean, I actually, I don't want to be because I don't want all of that attention. Right. And then the other thing, too, that I was just thinking is I almost wonder if maybe from the beginning it wasn't like that. So, you know how, like, famous people, they, before they're famous, they're normal Joe Schmoes. Mm -hmm. And then as they start getting clout and they bring in money and they're getting bigger, people are recognizing them and whatnot, they start to get their head filled with fucking air. Oh, yeah. And then they literally become douchebags. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, maybe maybe that's kind of where things have kind of made a turn in the wrong direction. No, there's definitely a or an element to this where people have 
way overinflated egos. Yeah. You know, they think they're bigger than they are. Mm-hmm. But yet, when you come to a national event like this. Oh, this event's huge. And say, you know, they don't have their their backing mm-hmm. to blow up their egos. Right. They're very quiet. Yeah. I mean, they still walk around like they're hot shit, but they don't interact. They don't do anything. I was just going to say, you, you can walk around like that. That's great and all. But if you make yourself unapproachable, you are no longer what you should be in this lifestyle. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because if people would just work together Which is, to yeah. promote and advocate for this lifestyle, mm-hmm. we'd be so much further ahead. Well, yeah, and it also it opens the door for new people to come in, where if you see somebody that doesn't want to talk to you, that doesn't make you want to be in the lifestyle because you may not be confident enough to go and talk to them. I mean, hell, I know one thing that I struggle with is some people don't approach me, and I don't know why, because I'm literally the sweetest person unless you give me a reason not to be. Mm -hmm. So, like, I will do everything possible that I can for you, I will talk with you. I will hang out with you. Everything. I have no qualms about it. Yeah. And like the funniest thing is like, it's usually people will come up to you that, and I don't want this to sound bad. Okay. I'm preparing myself. No, it's not for you. Oh, okay. I I don't want to make these people feel bad because, but like, it's usually people that may not feel super confident in this space. Right. You know, so like perhaps the older crowd Mm -hmm. or, you know, the thicker crowd, the heavier set crowd Mm -hmm. or people that, you know, just don't fit into that norm of, Oh, that's the hot people. Right. They're the ones that will come up to you Mm -hmm. and you'll sit there and talk to them for 20, 30 minutes. Easy. But yet, you know, people that, are considered the the hot people mm-hmm. like they don't approach you at all Mm-mm. no like male or female no they don't and i know it's not because you're not beautiful i mean oh well thank you <laughs> it's not just my opinion i mean we've been doing this kind of stuff for a long time and yeah everyone's always like oh man she's so fucking hot Ugh. but like, i don't understand why People that lack confidence can come up and talk to you. Right. But the, you know, the so-called confident, popular people. They don't. They can't. Yeah. Like, so it's either they're insecure with themselves or they see you as like competition or something. It's got to be something. I just don't know what. But it, it is something that I have noticed because I've talked to so many different people over the last four days and it's varied in all kinds of couples, singles, whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got me. <laughs> you have not turned anybody away. Nope. That has wanted to talk to you. Nope. And I've talked to people that Even were, if they were being a little creepy, like you still yeah, stuck it out. I and, did. I did. I did my best. And because, like, I don't know where they are in the lifestyle. And I don't want to make them feel unwanted in the right. space. Because that is not what this lifestyle is about. Yeah, and it's not like you lead people on. Like, that's not the direction that I'm going here. No, like just, just general conversation. But you will have general conversation. You know, you're super nice to people, mm-hmm. and they appreciate that. Like, you can tell that they genuinely appreciate you taking the time to talk to them. Yeah. 
Um, not so many people come up to talk to me. <laughs> it's fine though. You know, that's all right. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually okay with that because you are, you, you definitely are. Cause you, my I, little introvert over there. I, I like my alone time, <laughs> but I'll be the little butter butterfly. It's okay. Yeah. And I, I just feel like people need to check themselves and remember that everybody should have the same goal. Mm-hmm. No matter which way you swing, the goal should be to, you know, promote this lifestyle in a safe, fun, and beneficial light for everyone involved. And That was perfectly said. And if you're going to gatekeep, you know, and kind of stick your nose up at people because they don't fit into your little niche or your little click, mm-hmm. you can fuck right off. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I can't wait until here. the day that we don't see those people at events like this. Yeah. It'll be better for everybody involved Absolutely. in the lifestyle and wanting to be able to explore it. Yes. So just as a general rule, be yourself. Mm-hmm. No matter if you're a raging fucking asshole yep, or you're the sweetest person ever, just be yourself. And the people that you are looking for will be attracted exactly. to you. Exactly. Like the people that you want to be attracted to will be attracted because you're being yourself. Correct. So, And that's all you have to keep in mind. Yeah. Just don't be mean to other people. No. There's no, there's no need for that. And it's not something that is even remotely accepted no. in this lifestyle and or you, anywhere. And you will be called out because there are people like myself and some of my close friends. They're, they watch and they see That will have on. no problem putting you in your fucking place. Mm-mm. So, Not one bit. <clears throat> it's okay to be an asshole. Just don't be an asshole to other people directly. Yeah. You know, that's... Like, you can be a nice asshole. I'm a nice asshole. You are a nice asshole. (laughs) You know, like, if I don't want to talk to somebody, I will politely see myself out of the conversation. Right. You know, without making it seem like I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. You know, but I don't do that if someone has a genuine question or, you know, concern or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I will take the time for that. You always take the time. But if somebody's just, like, coming up to talk my ear off, (laughs) you know, I, I... I'm not that type of conversationalist. Right. So I will politely see myself out of the conversation at the earliest (laughs) time that I can. Yes. So, all right, let's get on to polyamory. All right. So you got something for that too. I do have something for that. So this kind of came out. um, It's a little bit similar to one of our recent conversations when it comes to being poly. And as far as, you know, it's not calling dibs on, a a person that you're talking to. But when you are poly, you are opening yourself to other relationships. Now say you found somebody, another female that you were talking to. And then you found out that she was talking as well to say another male. Would that stop you from still carrying a conversation and building a relationship with her. No, because if I'm not looking for like a closed triad type situation or anything like that, Mm -hmm. it's none of my business who all 
she's talking to or dating or whatever. I mean, we're polyamorous. So there's going to be more than just you or right. whoever else she might be talking to, because there are some people and we've discussed this many, many episodes ago that for you, you can only really do like one other person because yes. that's what you feel is the best for you to give a time and attention to yeah. both people equally where there are some other, there's other people that are polyamorous that they can have multiples. I don't know how they find the time of day, but they do. And they can be anywhere upwards of three or more. Oh yeah. I know people that have seven partners. Right. So to have somebody basically write off, like they're going to just stop conversation with this other person that they have been speaking with for X amount of time to stop that is kind of like, do you not understand someone being polyamorous? Well, I was just going to say that that is somebody who does not truly understand what polyamory is. They think polyamory is for them. Like if they have another partner, then, so like one sided. Yeah. Like, it's okay for them to go look for somebody else. But like if they're dating somebody, they expect it to be monogamish. So now you can find that. You absolutely can. You just have but, to advocate to that person. Right. You this have is to what say I'm looking for. Up front. Yes. Like, hey, I'm interested in you. But if, if things go well, I would want it to only be you and I. Right. I don't want you to date other people. Right. And there are a few people out there that'll be like, okay, yeah, that sounds good to me. Right. For whatever reason, you know, like maybe they don't have time for somebody else or whatever at right. the moment. Like for me, that would be fine for me because I know I only have time, if possible, for one mm -hmm. more person. And I would be okay. And I would have to be okay with them having one other person. So say like, you know, I'm with you. So they would have to be okay with the fact that I'm with you. That mm -hmm. relationship's obviously not going to end just because they came into my life. And if they have somebody, I have to be okay with that too. And I would be because right. I'm not going to expect them to drop their person because, you know, I'm with you or vice versa or whatever. Or if they had two other people, like, right. you, you know. Like, I'm not going to make them stop that just because I was interested in them. Like, if they're okay to close whatever they have going on, that's fine. Right. Well, and I think that you're seeing this a lot with new polyamorous people or people claiming to be polyamorous. You know, they're they're confusing polyamory with like open relationships and um, like basically other forms of swing. Okay. Like almost like hot wifing and stuff like that. Okay. Because they want what they want. And they don't give any consideration to the other person. Right. You know, and unfortunately in polyamory, you have to consider your other partner and their other partners. <laughs> right. And then it becomes this thing where you all have to sit down and talk together and discuss things of, you know, how is this going to work if, you know, A, B, and C are together and D wants to be added. And D doesn't want anything to do with A or B, but just C. Right. You know, that's all. Everybody is technically involved, even if they're not specifically involved with every single partner. Yeah. I don't know why certain people just can't understand that polyamory means multiple relationships. Yeah. 
and and it's it's different than swinging. And if you're trying to put the worlds together, it doesn't work. There, it's not the same at all. Swinging, if you're trying to just have like one person that you really want to just have a, a fun time with, and maybe have just multiple times with them, basically, that's still falling under swing because well, yeah, it's an open relationship, right? You know, it's a friends with benefits. It is. It's the friends with benefits. And now, obviously, with a friends with benefits, you can develop some feelings. Oh, yeah. Because it'll happen inevitably because you're a human being. Yeah. We, we can't stop those feelings from forming. But if both people don't agree, like, hey, we are in a relationship, like, mm-hmm. I love you, you love me type of thing. Right. Then you're just friends with benefits. And it doesn't matter if they have the same situation with 10 other people, you you have to be okay with that. I mean, obviously for safety reasons and stuff, right? but if you aren't in a committed poly relationship where you're throwing around, you know, the words, I love you. Right. And you haven't said, I want this to be an exclusive thing. You know, I don't want you dating other people. And, they've not agreed to that, then you have no right and no recourse when they date other people. Correct. Like by saying, well, if you're going to talk or date with other people, I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. That makes you look petty. It does. Selfish and childish. And that you're not even, you're not even taking in, that person who you were spending this time talking to, you're not taking in any of their, you know, emotions and their take on what they're looking for. You're just definitely, like you said, you're just being one-sided thinking about yourself and being selfish. Yep. And you can't do that. No, there, you cannot be selfish when it comes to polyamory. No, it's, it, you, you it's literally to, the opposite it of is. selfish. They, they don't go together <laughs> at all. Yeah. So, I mean, look, this is kind of a short topic because there's not a whole lot that you can say right. about this. I mean, if you are polyamorous, you have to expect people to date more people than just you, mm-hmm. unless you both agree to stay exclusive and not add any more partners on both sides. Mm-hmm. That is the only way that that's going to happen. And I can tell you right now, it will not happen often. No, it is very rare. So get that out of your head. Which is why like triads are so hard. Well, yeah. I mean, and even for us, like we want a closed triad, Mm -hmm. but we wouldn't be opposed to having a triad with somebody that had other partners, depending on the situations. Right. You know, I mean, because we know that it's far fetched to think, well, this person is only going to want to be with us. Correct. You know, but for us, it comes down to, you know, the time involved, Mm -hmm. the other types of partners that they have, Mm -hmm. you know, the risks that they take with those partners and stuff like that. So that's what comes into play for us. Not the fact that, oh, we just don't want you to have other partners. Right. We have to make sure that we stay safe, that we stay safe and that it works for us. Right. Because, that is part of it, you know, like everyone has to work together. Yeah. And if 
them having other partners makes it so that it doesn't work for us. Well, then we can't date them and that's fine, Mm -hmm. you know, but we will always do our best to accommodate someone that we really want that romantic relationship with. So my belly is rumbling. I hope that got picked up. It it might've, that was pretty damn loud. (laughs) I heard it from all the way over here. Apparently Uh, this boy over here needs some Cajun food. (laughs) Guess we're going to be grabbing that after this. Yeah. It's been more alcohol than food this week. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, the alcohol has been really good (laughs) and really expensive. Um, That too. That too. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to the kink and BDSM segment here. All right. So as you sit here in your infinity collar and your, I heart, I heart daddy, daddy onesie. Daddy. Yes. Um, so for our BDSM, I kind of wanted to talk about how we are when it comes to going to big events like this at Naughty and Nolans, where, you know, we do live the BDSM lifestyle 24 seven. Yes. And we kind of, in a way, put that on hold when we do events like this. Correct. And that throws a lot of people off. So it's not, I will say this, it's not technically fully on hold. It's on hold in the bit, like outside of the bedroom or our hotel room. Yeah. Because once we're in here, yeah, you're going to fuck the fucking shit out of me and face fuck me and destroy my pussy and all that fun shit. Right. And make me not be able to breathe like earlier this morning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like when we go to swing events, obviously, yes, like. We are still in that master slave dynamic, Mm -hmm. but I give you that control back and that autonomy Mm -hmm. to be like, Hey, this looks like a good time. I want to go do this. Right. And you know, as long as I know you're going to be safe, then I'm like, yeah, okay, go ahead. Right. You know, we don't actively display like in front of, where it's very well known about our dynamic. Yes, we are not the, you know. Like the flaunting show. Yeah, we're not going to flaunt our dynamic in your face like some BDSM couples do. Right, and, and, it's, th- and it's not necessarily, I, I only say flaunt in, the, in, that, in this text because it is, like you know, you see it. Like, yeah. Like you know, no denying <laughs> what it is. So it's right. not like they're they're putting on this show and they're flaunting in front of your face. Like I mean, it is like that, but it's more on the essence of you can tell that couple is deeply into BDSM, right? And they are very much a part of each other when they go to events, right? And the, like the only thing that you do is like you have your collar on. I do. I have my collar on. But I mean, we kind of do that too to keep some of the people away. Yes. Like mainly uh, uh, other dominance. Yeah, because that's the it's the easier sign for them to know because we aren't going to walk around like I'm not going to be dressed up in my whole getup and I'm not going to be walked around on a leash even though that would be really fucking fun. Um those are just things that we will not do in a setting like a swinger event. Right, because we're not trying to turn people away. Right. And that that's kind of uh, the thing that we don't do. And, and I feel like that happens a lot when you go to these events that you 
put out, here is my dominant or here is my sub, and you walk them on the leash and they're on their knees wherever, you're not making it approachable if you want to also be swinging too. Exactly. So, like for me, like I said, you wear the collar to kind of keep the other dominance away. Because they know if I have a collar on, I am claimed by a dominant. Right. And you don't want to play with dominant men. No. I mean, now we've talked about this. Like, you do like things to be a little rougher. Right. But you don't want people to assume that you will bottom or sub for them. Correct. Because that is not going to happen. Yeah. Like, you... If you decide to be a little rougher with people, you will tell them Mm -hmm. what they can and can't do. That is correct. So in the swing lifestyle, there are genuine dominants like myself, Mm -hmm. but there are also a lot of people that think they are dominants. Yes. That have no clue what they're doing. Oh, we've seen a lot of that. And those are the ones that we're mainly trying to keep away. And I feel like for the most part, that has definitely worked. Yes, it Um, has. And I do also feel because we don't portray our BDSM outside of, you know, our dynamic, basically, when we go to these events, we're not hardcore about it. I feel like that also allows these other so-called dominants to see me in a different light where I'm not actually like they'll see that I have the collar on. They may come up and talk to me or they will keep their distance because I'm walking around on my own. Mm -hmm. I do not have you right by my side or like I'm not like glued to you where if I then become separated, I become prey. So because I can walk around on my own, they know, okay, this this is a definitely a serious slave um, she is already collared. She belongs to somebody. She has her boundaries. She knows her shit. I'm not going to try to mess with that. If I want to go say hi, I must be respectful. And they know that. Yeah. I mean, we have more issues with just normal people, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that don't understand BDSM at all. Yes. That Mm. is actually where I see most of the, the issue that comes up. Um, and it, and it's because they don't know. So, and I, I, I do my best to, you know, let them know about things, you know, like, especially like touching my collar. That is not an okay thing. You may ask first, but don't do it in the same aspect of reaching out and and trying to touch it at the same time. Like don't, don't do it that way. Right. Which you actually had happen here. I did. I had it happen, uh, earlier today and I was by myself. I, you were nowhere near me. And the, the gentleman reached out to my to touch my collar, and I'm talking. We were like less than an inch, maybe maybe two inches, because I'm terrible at measurements. <laughs> but it that's was, why you think I have a big dick. Oh, stop <laughs> it! You do. You make me gag. That's just it's it's big enough for me. Okay, but this that was too. He was too close to my collar at the same time of asking, "Can I touch that?" Right. It's not a. It wasn't. May a, I touch it yes. and then reach right. after you give permission? Correct. It was reaching and asking at the same time as he's almost touching it. Yes. So <laughs> I'm literally like my my back was against the the elevator, and I literally was like pulling my neck back <laughs> away from him so he could not touch me. And I said, "No, you may not." 
And, you know, I went into it very calmly and I just said, you know, I earned this collar. I do have a dominant. Um, it is something that is basically treasured and, and you may not touch it. And he was okay with that. He's like, oh, he's like, I, it would look really interesting. And I was like, you know, thank you. Um, but if he handled that a little bit differently, it would have gone differently. It would have went very differently for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure because he was probably thinking it was going to go a lot further. <laughs> Oh, no, I meant for me. It would have went oh. very different for him. <laughs> yes. Because if you would have came back and told me that, I'd be like, show me. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I know what Flory got off on, and I, I would have been able to be like, he went up this way, he was wearing this, and I probably wouldn't have seen you, and I would have been calling somebody for bail money. <laughs> yes. It's a good thing that I have somebody to bail me out here. Thank goodness. But but yes. Um, <clears throat> but that's what we try to avoid by right. you wearing the collar yes. is so that stuff doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we have more issues with people that don't know anything about it than we do with people in the BDSM community, obviously. Right. Um, but I feel like if we were to, you know, do our normal at home style mm-hmm. of dynamic, nobody would ever approach us no. about wanting to play or getting to know us because they'd be like, like they're just so into each other that like, I don't even know why they're here. Right. Or the other thing would be if they could see what we do at home, they'd be like, holy fucking shit. Why? I got nothing for because I like things rough with you. I like to basically be your used little slut and I will do whatever you say to to do. And a lot of people will be like, what the fuck? I, I don't know what to do with that because they're not looking for that, but they don't know if I were to act that way, you know, in these events, they would be like, okay, I can't touch that. But being the way we are and we're approachable and we're not so heavy into that in the swing lifestyle, they can see that I'm not looking for that out, you know, in the swing. I'm looking for normal stuff when it comes to swing. Right. And like when we talk to quote unquote normal swingers, you know, like there is no protocol. No. You know, you talk freely mm-hmm. to the male, the female, you know. But now when we talk to another BDSM couple. It is different. It is different. Yes. You know, you but. don't speak until you're spoken to. Mm-hmm. And I always use respect and I say, yes, sir. Or I say, yes, daddy. Or wh- however, most of the time when we're in public uh, scene like this, it would be yes, sir. Right. And, you know, like if if you wanted to talk to the other dominant, mm-hmm. you know, then, you know, to ask permission and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it's rare that we run into people that are that into it. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing it for well, we've been in the BDSM for nine years, but as far as running into anybody who's also into BDSM and the swinging as well, I think it's, it's probably been a very small handful. Right. Yeah. And, the ones that we have run into are generally more like us. Yeah. Where, like, you know, they're in a dynamic. She's wearing a collar. Yep. But. She has that free reign. Right. She can do what she wants. Until. He basically it, says, you're mine again. Well, or uh, <laughs> until they see another BDSM couple. Yes. And then it's like high protocol again. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. And I love to see that too. And, and I'm sure most people are like very confused by it. Yeah. Um, but it basically, it, we go back to our, our everyday nature because that's how we are 
um, and how others would do the same thing in the BDSM. Yeah. And like, I know, like we've talked about this a, a couple episodes ago, but like when, when I talk to people mm-hmm. about our dynamic and stuff, because, you know, they're interested in the podcast or, you know, they're just interested because you're wearing a collar Yeah, and like they ask how that works, like in swinging and you play and stuff like that. And, you know, like I explained to them, like I did on the show a couple weeks ago that like, if you were to go off and play with a male that I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, we probably won't have sex or anything for a couple of days. Right. You know, now if we play together, if it's a, a four way swap, mm-hmm. that's completely different. Right. Because I can see what's going on. You know, I kind of have control in that situation. Mm-hmm. But now if you go off and play alone and then you come back, you know, I'm okay with it, but I'm probably not going to want to play with you mm-hmm. because I feel like I no longer have that ownership over you when you were just intimate with another man. Correct. So I have to kind of mentally let that wash away. Yes. Like it never happened. Right. And it's not that I don't want it to happen. It's, it's for, just to like reset your dominant mind again. Right. For our dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, it, unless I were to tell you as a slave, go fuck him. Right. It's completely different when you're like, Hey, I want to go play with this guy. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's two totally different, two different worlds right there. Yeah. Because like we've had it where I've made you do stuff with other guys. Mm-hmm. We have. And that doesn't affect me the way it does when you say I'm going to go do this. Mm-hmm. So that blows people's minds. It does. They're like, wait, so you won't have sex with your wife for like a day or two just because they play with somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and they're like, and that doesn't bother her. I'm like, I mean, it, it probably does, but she understands yeah. that for our dynamic, like I can't be that dominant or that master to her when I don't feel ownership over her, mm-hmm. you know? And it's very different from just being a swinger. Yeah. You know, and I've talked to our good friends that do the hot wife mm-hmm. thing, you know, where if I was just a swinger, mm-hmm. I would probably fall heavily into the hot wife scene you know, like stag vixen right. type where if you were like, Hey, this guy looks fun. I'm going to go do this. I'd be like, okay, when you get done, tell me all about it. And I'm going to fuck your brains out. Oh yeah. I could totally see that. And it, and I feel like you would also really kind of hone in on that reclaiming thing that you don't really do yeah. right now. Yeah. So I feel like for whatever reason, if you, if I were to go out, have a good time with some guy, come home, tell you all about it, you'd be, you know, really enjoying that story and the eroticness of it. And then you'd be like, all right, now I got just going to, I'm just going to now tear your pussy apart now. Yeah. I mean, it's just so weird that mentally, and I'm really looking forward to Dr. Stephanie's seminar on Saturday. Yes. The psychology behind BDSM. Oh yes. And I'm going to bring this up. Okay. Yeah. That would be a good idea at her class because I don't know if it's something she's heard of yet. She probably hasn't. So, cause, or maybe she has, but maybe it's like a one time case because you would think as a dominant, mm-hmm. 
If I allow you to go play with another man, that I would want to just assert my dominance back over you the second you that, walk in the door. Yes. And it is not that way for me at all. Nope. It is not. <laughs> I'm more just like, did you have a good time? Okay, good. Yeah, pretty much. And then and you'll leave it at that. And then a day, two, three days later, then I'm like, all right, slut, get on your knees. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I don't know why that is. I've always been that way. Mm -hmm. like even from when I first became a dominant, right. you know, because I was a swinger <laughs> back then too mm -hmm. with that partner. And if she played with other guys, then we didn't do anything for a couple of days. Right. I mean, but she hated it. Oh, like because she was such a pain slut, like she, she needed that pain all the time. Like, mm -hmm. Basically, anytime we got together, it was like she wanted me to beat the shit out of her. <laughs> and I couldn't do that if she had played with somebody else, you gotcha. know, a day or two before we got together again. Right. So it's just always been a thing for me. And like, I wish I could just be like, that's not a thing. Yeah. Like, you just wish that you didn't process it like that. Yeah. But for me, that ownership. And that dominance, it can't be there when I know another man has used you, mm -hmm. e e even if it's in a much lighter way than I would. Right. It's still the essence that there was another male there. Right. Because you're still servicing somebody else. Right. Even if there was no, you know, correlation of them right. being dominant or anything. Because you're, you're still doing something with them. And this might have something to do with it. Like it just came to my mind. I have trained you for nine years, almost mm -hmm. nine and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And when we first got together, you were very vanilla. Mm -hmm. You were not great at sex. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> I mean, like, let's be honest, compare the, our first couple months to now. Yeah. Like now you fuck like a porn star. Well, awesome. And before, I mean, you weren't boring, well, but it, it was very predictable. Yeah. You know, and like, you could only give me head, like you could barely fit half my cock in your mouth. Right. And now I'm a lot further down. I trained you to deep throat. Yeah. As we learned this morning. You know. It still paid off because I had no oxygen. I, <laughs> and I kept going. I've trained you you know, how to be that seductive and sexy woman that you are in the bedroom now. Yeah. Just based on, you know, what I enjoy. Right. So I feel like when you go off with these other men, you are doing everything I taught you for somebody else. Um, so it's not like you aren't my property at that time. Uh-huh. Like, it's almost like, you became their property, e even though it's not a BDSM thing. Right. You're still servicing them in almost the same way that you would me. Gotcha. I mean, that kind of could be the correlation between it. Where if we were just swingers mm -hmm. and that's it, then I'd be like, yeah, you know, fuck them like you fuck me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, how fast did you get them off? You know, like that would be my thing because I'd be like, I want to know like all the stuff that I've taught you, mm -hmm. did he like it? Right. You know, did you blow his mind? Right. But as a dominant, 
I'm like, hmm, I just taught this bitch how to fuck. And she's not fucking somebody else. She's out fucking somebody else now. <laughs> you know, so like mentally, yeah. I have to let that wash away yeah. to where in my mind, it never happened. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, I'm really looking forward to hearing what Dr. Stephanie has to say about that. Oh, we will find out tomorrow. Yeah. So we're not going to do a fun segment today. Not today. Because we have a bunch of bonus episodes that we're going to do that are going to be up on the Fansly when I can get them up because apparently Spectrum hates me and our internet keeps fucking up. So it's very hard to upload things right now. We will get there. We'll figure yes. it out. So I apologize for the delay in updating Fansly. It's pissing me off just as much as it's pissing you off. Um, but we're going to get those bonus episodes done throughout the week here. Mm-hmm. This episode you'll be hearing on, on Monday. Monday. Yep. So no worries there. But um, we're not going to go into full detail on Naughty no. until the following Monday. Correct. Because we have some permissions that we have to ask for. And and we still have a couple more days to go through yes. with different events. Yeah, we got, so we've got two more events left. A bunch of naughty shit that we still need to get into. So look forward to that because mm-hmm. I know I am. Oh, yeah. And uh, we will see you guys in a week. Yes. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Kitchen Sink ENM and Kink podcast. Please make sure to check out the people who support us, VJ's Hotspot, The Trendy Pineapple, and also Pandora's Resort. They are really awesome people, and they love and support the lifestyle just the way we do. So please make sure that you go and check them out. And if you'd like to find us on social media, you can find us pretty much everywhere at K-S-E-N-M and Kink Podcast. That's all the major socials. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Clapper, and also now we are moving away from OnlyFans and you can find all of our video and picture content at fansly.com slash K-S-E-N-M and kink podcast.